This is episode 25 on the Millennial Life School podcast on what growing up as a Korean American is like. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast, where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. Welcome back to another episode on the Millennial Life School Podcast. I hope you guys have been doing amazing. And to finish off this month of AAPI Heritage Month, I thought it would be fun to just bring on some of my friends and talk about our experience on what it's like to grow up as a Korean American. So one thing that I find is that as Korean Americans, we have a lot of identity crisis in terms of like, are we Korean or are we American? And just growing up in a Korean family household with our Korean parents, but at the same time, just living here in America. And with that, you know, there's a lot of confusion. So in this episode, I have some of my hometown girls from Chicago suburbs, Joanne Cho, Sally O, and Heejin Park. And it's so interesting because Joanne was actually born here in America. And Sally O, she came to America when she was five years old. And I came to America when I was seven years old. And Heejin came to America when she was 11 years old. So we all um, have a little bit of a different background. And all four of us, we work in different fields. So I thought it'd be just a fun conversation for us to talk about our experience as a Korean American. We talk about things like how Korean we feel versus how American we feel and how our Korean heritage has affected who we are today. And also, if you think we would be different if we grew up in Korea as opposed to America. So I thought this would be a really good episode to end this month in just so you guys can get a better perspective of how our culture plays out and impacts and influences us even though we grew up in America. So I think this will be a really fun one so let's get right in. Mom, oh my, this, this is, is Millennial uh, Life School Podcast with Officially, welcome guys to my Millennial Life School podcast. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. So this is a very special episode where I have my homegirls from Chicago. And today, we're just going to talk about what it means to be Korean-American because, you know, this month is AAPI month, the Asian-American and Pacific Islander month. So we've been talking a lot about growing up here as an Asian-American. And I've interviewed a couple of people, um, powerful Asian voices in our community. And it's quite interesting, like growing up here as a Korean-American. And I know that I've been through a bit of like an identity crisis, like, am I Korean? Am I American? Like, who am I? That kind of stuff. So yeah, so we're just going to have a fun time like we always do. <laughs> um, but before we get started, can we just go around and introduce ourselves to the listeners so that they know who these voices are? Just share with us your name. And... <laughs> guys. Oh my god, all of us are like frozen because we're like, we're not sure what to say. It's like <laughs> my first time on a podcast. So. Yeah, this is kind of nerve-wracking. Oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> are you nervous? Guys, don't worry. Yeah, this is, this is literally just us. Just, just talking. Yeah. <laughs> so just share with us your name um, and when you came to America or if you were born here and maybe a little bit like, you know, you can share a little, like, one more information, like a fun fact, what you do, or whatever you want to share. Um, who wants to go first? I feel like a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How about the, the oldest one of us? Joanne? <laughs> Joanne volunteer. Go ahead, Joanne. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I'm Joanne. I'm in the States, and I was born here. My parents are from Korea, um, and they immigrated in their early 20s, and they had me. And I'm currently an assistant director at a child care center. 
And my ultimate goal is to have my own child care center one day, actually either here or in Korea. I don't know yet. Um, that's in the works, but that is my ultimate goal for my career, ultimately my life goal as well. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And are we going in age order? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right. Heejin. Hi, my name is Heejin. Uh, I'm 26 years old. And I am a population health specialist at local health department, as well as um, evaluation consultant for nonprofits and government agency. Um, and I'm here to talk about my 1.5 Korean American experience. <laughs> awesome. So I'm Sharon. So I was born in Seoul, South Korea. I came to America when I was seven years old. I grew up mostly in Orange County, California, but then I went to high school in Chicago area, Chicago suburbs, and I went to school, university in Boston, and after graduating, I moved back to California, and I lived in LA for a couple of years, and currently, I am back in Chicago. Awesome. All right. I'm assuming it's my turn. Hello, <laughs> hello. My name is Sally. I am 24 years old. Um, before I go on, I want to say thank you to Sharon. It feels like an honor to be on this podcast. It's actually my first time on a podcast ever, <laughs> so I'm sort of nervous, so please bear with me. I'm not the best at public speaking. but Yeah, so I'm 24. Currently, I work at a hospital as a patient access specialist in the pediatrics department. I work for a hospital called Northwestern Medicine in Illinois. Um, I have background. I have a background in early childhood. I used to teach kids um, for about four years, so it's been kind of like a career switch for me. Um, let's see. I was born in Pejon, South Korea, and I moved to the States when I was five years old. Um, so it's been very interesting growing up in America as a Korean American. I, I still feel like I'm sort of at like a 50-50 state as far as like who I am and I think being Korean and kind of like living my life based off of being like a Korean American has been like ever interesting like I think growing up it's it's sort of been like a part of my identity kind of something that I've been constantly reminded of but even as a 24 year old as a young adult I still feel like it's something that I am reminded of like on a day-to-day -day, even at the hospital that I'm working at and and kind of I feel like it's across the board and across the map like whatever you're doing I feel like your your color your race it kind of is a part of who you are so um, lots to say on that topic but again thank you Sharon mm -hmm. for having us we're so excited to share <laughs> Aww, I freaking love you guys thank you guys for being <laughs> on here this was actually Heejin's idea because you know um, last time we did our group hangout and we were just chatting and he did message me after and she was like, oh my God, that was so fun. Oh, it, it almost felt like we were right. on your podcast. We were talking <laughs> about all these friends. Yeah, we were talking about all these different topics. And he right. was like, yeah, you know, I feel like that'd be so fun if you could do like a Sharon and her friends type of episode. So that's kind of where this idea came from. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sally, you mentioned a little bit about how like, being Korean kind of plays out and you con you continually see that in your life. So how has being like a Korean living in America, like in what areas do you think it plays out and have you seen that in your life? I think being Korean and being reminded that I'm Korean, it plays out in probably all areas of my life. Um, personally, I'm a Christian and I grew up in the church. So I've moved um, from church to church and it feels like like growing up as a in in the Korean church more so than the American church kind of shaped me um, into who I am and kind of like the circle of friends that I am more comfortable with and more familiar with. Um, I think as far as like when when meeting people and when I first meet someone, it's like the first thing I see is like what they look like and who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like being a Korean person and meeting another like Asian person or whatever race you are, it's like, you know, you kind of in your head, think of all the stereotypes that come with being that certain race. And so I, you know, if I were to put a percentage on to how quote unquote American, I feel as a Korean American, I want to say it's less 
So maybe like 75% Korean and 25% American. How about you guys? <laughs> um, I wrote on the group chat that I feel like I'm more like literally 90. I think I, f- I feel like I'm the most Korean out of everybody in the group here for some reason. I don't know. I, I feel for percentage wise, like 90% Korean and 10% American. But I think that's a lot of because I know like I'm very fluent with the language. I know how to speak. I know how to read. I know how to write. Um, and I speak it fluently mm-hmm. where I'm able to connect with Korean people more. And so with that, like I have a lot of Korean friends from Korea who I connect with online or like I have friends from high school who are from Korea who are just studying here, whether that's in high school or college. So I am able to connect with them. I think a lot because of the language. Um, Cause I feel like if you don't have the language, it's hard to be able to like talk to people and like really connect with them. And another part of me, the reason why is because my parents also, they influenced me a lot. And I think a lot of it goes with Sally. I think that goes with everybody here. I've been to church all my life as well. And I've been to Korean church mainly throughout my childhood. And even now, even though I go to an English congregation, it's from a Korean congregation as well. So it's like an English Hebron English ministry. So I think that has a lot to do with why I feel I'm more Korean than American. And then I also visit Korea very often too. So mm-hmm. I go every almost I ever since I was little, my fa- my mom's side of the family all lived in Korea. Mm-hmm. So when I was in elementary school, ever since I was like seven or eight, my dad would send me and my mom to Korea every summer for like a month or even longer, two months just to stay there. And with that, like I was able to see, hear, talk, even my family being with them for that time of like t- that time frame in the summer, it really made me immerse into the culture in Korea. And I personally like Korea too. And I know a lot of friends who are second generations who've been born here who don't like Korea. Like it's very interesting how the dynamics work when you are in a certain family and how you grow up and like what your parents, how they influence you in terms of norms and values and then what they really, you know, implement in terms of culture and like what they think is right in their mindsets of perspectives. So I think for me, that's a lot of the reason why I feel like I'm more Korean than American. Um, I feel the same way as Sally. Um, I feel like I'm 75%. Um, Korean, about 25% American, um, because part of me is like, every time I consume like media, the podcast I listen to, uh, YouTube that I consume, TV show that I watch, like Korean drama that I watch, news that I read, like everything is in Korean. And I didn't know who Kim Kardashian was until I was like junior <laughs> in college, because I just really didn't care about like what's going on in like U.S. Cult- the culture. So I always have like this very odd moments with white friends because like my white co-workers because I just don't know how to talk with them. So like while they talk about like the Netflix episode um, um, about like poop, like whatever is popular, I just have no input on it. And the reason that I say that I'm 25% American is that I'm really used to the lifestyle here because I think Korea, the work and life balance is really hard to separate. And if I were to go to Korea right now, I think I would um, hate it, actually. Um, so it's just not so much more about the culture, but the lifestyle that I'm like used to here is what I feel like comfortable with. So, yeah. So interesting. Wait, Hee-jung, when did you come to America again? Yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> um, I came here when I was in uh, fifth grade, but I didn't actually like start school until I was sixth grade, like 11 or 12. Okay, 11 yeah. or 12. Oh, I see. Interesting. Um, so for me, I was thinking about this before a call. I feel like I'm about 65% American and 35% Korean. And the reason why I say that, because I think, you know, like when I'm here in America, I feel very comfortable. And for me, um, like when I'm here, I just feel like I fit in. Like, I just feel like, you know, this is my zone. This is, I feel really comfortable. But when I'm in Korea, I feel so different. I feel like I'm so American. Like, (laughs) 
So it's so funny because when I was growing up here and people asked me about my, you know, who I am, I would say, oh, I'm Korean. But then when I'm in Korea, I felt like I was so different. And in terms of like language, you know, I can't talk in Korean, but writing and reading is a little bit more challenging for me. So like I think in English and, you know, I write and I do everything in English, which I feel much more comfortable with. And I feel very comfortable with other races as opposed to like with Koreans. So on that note, I wanted to ask you guys, like whether you feel more comfortable in a diverse group setting with like, you know, just other Americans or do you feel much more comfortable being around other Korean people? I feel more comfortable with Korean um, American, like 1.5 generation. Mm -hmm. Because if I am with a Korean Korean, I just don't know how to start like a conversation. Like, mm. do I say, 안녕하세요? Or like, it's just, I don't know how to fit in. And then also, I just don't know how to fit in with like um, people who are just US cultured. Um, yeah, so I think I need to meet someone who's like 1.5. So uh, I think this is why I'm dating someone who's also more uh, Korean culture than. Um, American. Mm, interesting. How about you guys? Jaren, Sally? Um, just to go off of what Heejin said, um, like a few things is that f- first off, I feel like it's that it's really interesting that that even though I feel like I'm better, I am better at English than I am in Korean. Um, I'm kind of the opposite where it's like, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm more, I'm 75% Korean and 25% American, whereas it would make sense kind of like the opposite way. Um, And also, I also feel that like, I think kind of like the, with the language and kind of like how lifestyle shapes you. um, Personally, my, my parents are like heavily, Korean and like the only language I speak at home is Korean and so I think that's why I tend to gravitate more towards like Korean culture as opposed to like American culture um but also to like piggyback off of what he just said about kind of like with feeling comfortable with you know certain types of Korean Americans I feel like sometimes when I meet like a very like somebody that's in like really really Korean it's it's really hard to like communicate and to like get to know them because although I I can speak the the language I feel like culture wise and kind of like lifestyle and Korean stuff is just like completely you know like polar opposite to to who I am so I feel like there's always this like un this unhappy like medium where I'm living kind of like I don't know like who I am or like an identity crisis kind of thing like am I more American or am I more Korean but as far as like like you know like feeling comfortable in in you know America or Korea I feel like definitely like America is my home because you know the majority of my life was here you know so so yeah um for me I thought about that question too, but I think I'm open with everybody. Even though I say I'm 90, 90% Korean, mm-hmm. I think it's because I'm very open-minded um, and I'm an extroverted person. So I like to meet new people. I like to meet new cultures. I like to meet new backgrounds. So I'm not afraid of speaking with people who are different. Um, and that's the same with either whether they're Korean or 1.5. It doesn't matter to me. Um but again, I think that's my personality. I am comfortable to talk with like just people from Korea. I'm comfortable to talk with 1.5 Korean Americans and I'm completely open and I love to meet people who are of different races. And I have a lot of good people and friends who are from different races, whether that's African-American or Hispanic. Like, But I don't know. I think that's interesting about me, even though I love Korea and I love the culture and I'm more Korean than American. I do love to make myself open to other people and to the world. And so I like learning about new places and new people. So I think for me, I don't care which group I'm in. I'm very comfortable with any and I'm able to, Mm -hmm. I mean, at work, like I'm able to 
have good friendships who are like, who are people who are Caucasian or like African American. I joke around with them all the time Mm -hmm. and I'm able to share like and connect with them about my personal stories if I have to and if I need to. So I think for me, like it really doesn't matter. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. I feel like there's been a lot of back and forth with me. Like I think for instance, like if I were to, let's say like, say I was in college and I were to walk into the cafeteria and I saw a group of Koreans sitting at one table and then a group, like a diverse group sitting at another lunch table. Like, I think I would just kind of gravitate towards the group of Koreans just because like, I want to get comfortable with them and, and, you know, based off of my comfortability. But then in like another instance, I think like being at a Korean church for so long, like, I think there was a, there was a point where it's just been like a really long period of time. And I felt like kind of like sick and tired of like everyone being the same, like it's it being so monocultural, like why can't we be more quote unquote American and be more cultured and stuff like that. So it's just been like a lot of back and forth. And, but, you know, I feel like at the workplace, especially because it is America and we're like a melting pot. Um, yeah. You, you don't really have a choice in like, I, you know, I just, I feel like it's, yeah, there's been a lot of back and forth for me. So it's, I'm, it's still kind of like a process for me. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, so back in when I was in my master's program, I mean, I had no like zero Korean friends, but I found myself like more connected with someone who was born in a different country and then came here to study. So that was really interesting because like even though like they were not like Korean, I think because we have this like similar background that you know our parents took us here for like better life, I think we had got like, similar values in life and it was easier for me to get connected with them. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's exactly what that what you're talking about. I no matter what race you are, I think the fact that immigrant families have a core similarity in terms of like why they came here and why they came for a better life and what their values were in terms of like having their children and Mm -hmm. so for me too like I have one of my best friends besides like you guys obviously but she's African-American but her family is an immigrant family too like her family moved from Africa for a better life here So we would always talk and we would always talk about the same things though. We would always get like annoyed by our parents or like we both be like, we want to live our life, but our parents won't let us, you know, like things like that. So all those things are in common. So I think that's why I'm able to find people who aren't Korean um, and people of different race where I can just be really close to them because of that, um, that, you know, commonality of us having to be coming from immigrant families and us being born here, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have also a really like good Indian friend. So it's like, I think it's about personality, but it's also about that commonality of knowing that there's so many immigrant families in America. It's, I mean, this whole country is full of minorities. And I think a lot of that, all of those, a lot of those families are very common with us in knowing that they came from a different, country for a better life um whether that's for Mm -hmm. school or for work or whatever that may look like but i think that's why we're able to connect with them a lot more too than korean people make like some of the times also like an interesting question is do you feel like you act differently when you're around like just korean speaking people versus when you're you know around like just english speaking people I think um, a note about how I act towards older people, older Korean people versus older white, I don't want to say white people, so I'll say older American people is like, for me, when I say hello to an older Korean person, I bow 90 degrees and no less than 90 degrees. And I make sure that they know that I respect them. And like, I have to sort of be like more cute and like quote-unquote submissive because I feel like that's sort of like the Korean culture so I'm like oh they and then like that's sort of kind kind of how I'm used to like talking to older people so that sort of just like translated exactly as it is to like American people but like 
for me, I think like in, in the workplace, it's just sort of like experiencing like my relationships with older people. Like I literally acted like, like I try to act like very cute and like quote unquote submissive to like American older people, kind of like how I would really? regard Korean older people. And then I think over time it was like a learning process. Like, you know, like American people and Korean people, like, like they're not really the same. Like you don't really have to act like you don't have to bow to like somebody that's American, like first off, you know, and there's like so many different things about like those two cultures. So, so I think, yeah, I think for me, like, I, I think it's sort of different the way I would like regard like an older person that's Korean versus American. Yeah. No, I actually feel the same way. Like, I feel like when I'm around Korean, like just Korean speaking people or in a setting where it's just all Koreans, i I become much more aware of how I present myself. Like, I feel like I, I need to be extra polite as opposed to when I'm speaking in, in English, I feel much more bold. Like, maybe because that's what, in American culture, that's what people expect out of you. And, you know, especially also talking with older people, I never feel like I need to shrink down, but more so like, I need to be even more confident in front of older people. Like, when I'm talking to a CEO or things like that, I would just go up and like shake their hand. Like, hi, I'm Sharon, you know, as opposed to like a Korean CEO, like a hejangnim, I feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like bowing <laughs> down and uh, things like that. Um, so that's how I feel. Maybe like, sorry, just to add real quick, mm-hmm. like maybe it's more so like an expectation to be like for Koreans from an older person perspective of a younger person there's like an expectation to be submissive maybe correct me if I'm wrong and then from like an American person's perspective that's older to a younger individual it's like there's an expectation expectation to be bold right Mm. I think yeah that's true but I think Korean culture is changing too like yes older generations are like that and I mean it's a cultural norm a lot more so than here but, like, if I talk to my younger, like, friends, because I have younger friends who are from Korea, they're not like that anymore. They're very bold now. Like, they're not as submissive as they were before. And I think a lot of that gap between the older generation and younger generation, there's a clash because of that. Because older generations accept, hey, like, you need to, like, listen to me and you need to respect me. But now younger, like, generations, they're not like that anymore. They're very, like, why do I have to listen to you type thing? Like, you just because you're an adult, I think they have the mindset of there's something called respect, right? Like, even if you're an adult, like, do you deserve to be respected is the point. Like, and that's a lot, if you think about it, a lot of that is Western culture too. Like in Western culture, age is not, it's just a number. Like it's more about respect. It's about, you know, knowing your manners and like knowing how to treat people right on a regular basis. And it's a lot of that now, like in Korea too. And then their mindset has changed. Um, And I think because the times that we have now, it's a different generation. Like we're not in the older generation anymore. Like, but if you think about it, American culture too, I'm sure like in somewhat, even though it's not as strong as Korean culture, there is a sense of respect for older people. Mm-hmm. There was, and there was a stronger, definitely a stronger mind of that. It just wasn't very tangible or very apparent comparable to Korean culture. But I think like a lot of that is changing. Every day it's evolving. Like Korean culture is changing a lot comparable to a long time ago. Like it's not the same. Um, Younger CEOs now are a lot more less submissive and they're more like open, you know, like things have changed. Like Korea's history and the way that people think have changed. So I think like that's why more so, even if you're in a group, for me at least, I think that's why, like, yes, there needs to be a respect. And obviously, for older generations, I do bow down and do the normal thing because that's just respect in those, in those times, right? So it's sometimes you just have to do that because you know that they're that type of people. And you do that for respect, to gain their respect and get that respect back. But um, for me, I realized that, like, it's not like that anymore. Like, younger generations are very different. But, like, you know, like, our parents, they came to America Mm -hmm. early 2000s or, like, in the 1990s, right? So I think, Joanne, your parents came in the 90s? Yeah. And then my parents came, like, early 2000, like, 2001. 
So I think probably like early 90s and 2000, early 2000s is when our parents immigrated. But from that time in Korea to now, like the modern day Korea is very different too. Mm-hmm. Like it progressed a lot. But the sense that I feel, like what I feel like our parents are going through is that for them, their, their brain and their culture mm-hmm. is still stuck in that 90s, early, 20, early 2000s period of Korea. Because if you look at our parents, for the most part, a lot of like something that a lot of Korean Americans can relate to is that our parents are in their own little bubble. And it's mm-hmm. like they're not really in America. They're living in America, but then they're living in a Korean bubble inside America. Mm -hmm. So what I was actually really shocked about is when I actually went to Korea and I told them how my parents are, they were so shocked and they're like, what? Like Korean parents are not like that now. They're much more open and they're much more progressive. They're much more progressive in terms of their thinking. Because they were so shocked about like some of the things that they, I would tell them about how my parents are. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how, how do you feel? Um, for my parents, uh, we watch like Korean shows all the time, and I think um, there has been a lot of Korean shows where uh, people uh, bring their foreigner like friends, um, and then I've seen like so many like foreigner getting married to Korean, and sometimes like I would kind of joke like to my parents like. What if, you know, I bring, like, white guy as my like, fiancé, like, can you um, say, like, yes to that? If I ask that question to my parents back in, like, 2005, they're going to be like, no, or they'll be kind of, like, hesitant. Mm-hmm. But now that they've seen so many, like, foreigner on, like, Korean media, they'll be like, of course. So, like, they don't mind me um, getting married to someone who's, like, Corner because now time has changed. Um, so I think depending on how exposed your parents to um, current like Korean media, their mindset may change. Yeah, that's so funny because my mom. I'm thinking about my mom and like how, how I told you guys we always go to Korea. Mm-hmm. My mom hasn't changed. <laughs> like, uh. I'm just telling you that right now. My mom has not changed her mindset ever since they've stepped foot in America. So uh-huh. so with my dad. Like, what so do you I mean? What really, you say um, mindset? What mindset did they have, and do they hold on to? Just like the whole well, marriage is an example. Like they don't want me to be marrying another race. Like my whole family, my dad's whole side of the family, don't like that. They don't want anyone to marry a non-Korean. They've said it vocally, and they're very vocal about it. We're a very honest family, so they'll talk mm-hmm. about that. And then, like, even for jobs, like, every single time I go to a family outing, my uncle will be like, you need to be a doctor. You need to be a lawyer. You need to be, like, something in science to make sure, like, you're, you know, set for life. And I'd be like, no. Like, in my head, obviously, I don't think that way. But that's a lot of what still my family thinks and is right um, in terms of values and what life means to you. Um, and so I think that's just interesting. My mom, again, like she visited Korea every year. And I think like that really surprises me that she hasn't changed her mindset. I personally don't know why, because I'm not my mom. But I think like it's interesting how families sometimes don't change no matter how much they're exposed to. As a Korean American, do you feel much more comfortable um, if you, let's say, had a significant other who was Korean or Korean American as opposed to a different race? Um, I don't mind having like 100% like Korean culture or Korean um, American. Mm, but no like other But race. nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be open to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, it's like a personality thing and like a mm-hmm. preference thing. I have a strong preference for Korean people when it comes to like significant other. But friendships... And relationships, other than significant other, I'm very open, but I'm very particular about my, and that's just a personal preference thing. But um, fortunately, my mom is open to all races. She's like, yeah, bring home a, bring home a hoogin It's okay. I'm very accepting. So for me, it's like, I'm not sure. But, you know, I think, yeah, like, even in Korean family gatherings, I think the way I act towards like Koreans is, is, is different, but anyways, yeah. And I, I actually have a twin sister that I grew up with. We were both, um, you know, we both moved to the States when we were five, 
we both grew up together throughout middle school, high school. And um, I think like growing up with someone so close who's Korean, I think also shaped my mindset about like feeling more comfortable with Korean people. But she is happily, very, very happily married to uh, a Peruvian. So they're going to have beautiful babies. (laughs) So it works. It works. I think it's heavily, I think it's really like a personal preference kind of thing. For me, it's, I'm, I'm more comfortable and I prefer Koreans as far as like, you know, being attracted to somebody. But no, I have no hate towards any race. I love everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree with Sally. I'm also very preference-wise Korean. um, And I think for me, probably Korean-American too. Um, Someone who's not completely Korean uh, would be better for me. But at the same time, like, this is also another story. Every time my mom tells me you have to bring a Korean person home, and I tell mom and my dad, I tell both of them, I'm like, look, if I bring a Caucasian person home, you can't stop me. (laughs) I tell them that just because, like, you know what? Like life is freaking crazy. You don't know what's going to happen. Like who knows, even though I prefer to have a Korean person in my life to be married five, six years later, I can be with a white person. Like mm-hmm. I just believe in the fact that like people who are meant to be together are meant to be together. And that doesn't confine to a one race relationship so for me like I do prefer Korean but like I always tell my parents like don't be surprised if I bring someone who's not Korean home because you're gonna be surprised but you know that that's gonna be my husband later because you can't stop me so like I think it's very like destined type way I'm a very like I used to not think that way but the more and more I meet people like the person that's your significant other it doesn't matter where they are like they're, if you're going to meet them, you're going to meet them eventually, no matter what, if even if they're Korean or not, you know, so I prefer but I'm open and I do know that like there is a chance that I might not meet a Korean person, which is fine. And I just it's just basically who you're destined to be with, I think, is the real like bottom line. And so yeah. on that note, like, I think as Korean American, we're able to see very well, like both culture, both Korean and we know pretty well like the Korean culture and also we know pretty well the American culture. So what's like the best of each culture? I think for me, the biggest thing is, I think it's good and bad, but like the strengths of one thing in Korea is I heard, well, this is something actually I heard from like a program, Korean program, and he Mm -hmm. was a foreigner. So he was from like Africa and he was talking to people and like he was talking about how he loved Korean culture. And he said that he really liked how Korea, it's basically the term we, right? And it's still very like that, which means that it's a very like team based country, right? Mm. Like more than a community based. Yes, very community based, like very like we do this together, like Mm. like all these things. He and he said that like Korean people use that term a lot and that's why he likes Korean culture. And I agree with that. Like I think it's very um and Korean people, I know that Korean people know this term, but chong, chong, like they have a lot of, you know, like sentimental feelings and like very, very compassionate for people in general. I think Mm. in Korea and I think that's a very big strength that Korea has in terms of culturally and then it's actually opposite coincidentally in America I feel like it's a very opposite of that where it's very individualistic and very unique where everyone is very uh, like a single player like one man type of show thing in in America and it's like I don't need to know your business I don't you don't need to know mine type thing you know and I think that's also good though because it really brings out uniqueness in everybody and I think that's the strength in America you're able to be bold you're able to be courageous you're able to stick out for who you are and not let anyone say anything about it um and I think that's a strength in America whereas in Korea if you're like that it's not very good sometimes like they look at you weird like they think that you're like not a good person or like they think that you're you know not normal or whatever so I think those two things are the best strengths that I see in both America and Korea. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. In America, there's really no term for you know, there's, it's not like a term here in America. 
but like that loyalty towards one another and like the community aspect of like we take care of each other mm-hmm. i think is huge and there's sense of like being united together as one i i feel like even like sharon you being you like doing this whole startup thing and, and being an entrepreneur and like having your own business i think as as a minority group and even as a korean i think it's like super cool so it's like it doesn't matter like who you are but i feel like if you like are able to follow your dreams like you become what you want to be and i think it's like even the movie the parasite and like winning the oscars and it's like it's i'm i feel so proud to like be korean we're not white we're not american but even like following through with like you know winning certain things in america it's like something to be super proud of and i feel like you don't really i personally don't know many like entrepreneurs or people in business that are korean so it's like super cool to be like different and to be like unique i don't know yeah i think one thing that i would really love for I guess like Korean people growing up in Korea for them to know is like you know that community and being one is good but sometimes there's a mindset of conformity where mm. people conforming is good thing and I think we even see that here in Korean American culture and Korean American community like I when I was in Los Angeles before I used to go to a diverse church and then I started going to like a more of a Korean American church when I was going there there was someone like a korean american leader and he says something along the lines of like stop trying to stand out and so i was like what the and like i don't know i think there's a sense of like if you are so different or if you stand out people just like hate on you because they're like you're so different like you have to fit in like stop being like that like stop being so confident or stop being so different And so even in terms of looks too, like there's a sense of conformity in that, like, oh, you need to look like this. But here in America, like if you go to Chicago, you see people walking around, everyone has such different style, like all their, the way that they dress is different, the way that they do their hair is all different. And I would say, I think like being different is okay. Like being Mm -hmm. you and finding what it means to be uniquely you. But at the same time, like having the sense of, community of like taking care of each other i think that would be like the best yeah i think for both cultures too though i think what would be great in an oasis type of environment is like i think there are certain times to conform and when not to Mm -hmm. like you need to be able to work as a team and like do and take care of each other and there's times when you like where there isn't you know like so it's like the time and place of when you're able to conform and when you're able to work together and then time and place of when you can be yourself I mean like being yourself is number one right like I agree with Sharon as well like we're all unique we're never the same everyone is different and everyone has their strengths and that like strengths and weaknesses and you're right like I not recently even recently I talked to someone who was in Korea and like he's very young and he told me like I want to change like my face and like my nose and whatever and a guy yeah a guy and I told him like and I asked him I was like upset because I was like why do that and I told him like why and he's like well people are saying like it looks like this I'm like well if it's not for a medical reason like why change yourself like change who you are inside like if you don't have confidence then have confidence in yourself and let who you are shine like why why are you letting people say to do this and that with your appearance like you're you like don't don't let other people channel through you and say who you should be and what you shouldn't be like they're not you like their identity isn't in you your identity your identity is in yourself so i try to tell him like please like have more confidence and try to like know who you are too before you try to like let other people tell you what you should be but sadly that's still like some of the reality that we see in Korea and I just wish that like people would stop doing that like Mm. not healthy it's not healthy for you and like even people that I talk to right now in Korea like some a lot of them are depressed and I'm just like Like, you know how sad, and I think it's also because of what Sharon said, it's like expectations of like what school looks like and education and how much studies they have to go to to like find what they want to do at a young age. But you know what, in the end, like I want to tell Korean people, like you don't know what you want to do until you know what you want to do. 
that path is decided by yourself. It's not decided by your parents. It's not decided by your school. It's not decided by your field. It's decided by who you are. And I wish that people would stop thinking the way that they do now. Okay. Okay. And one question is, if you grew up in Korea, do you think you'd be different? And how? Um, I think I will be less confident. Really? Um, you, you think you'd be less confident if you grew up in Korea? I think so. Because um, personally, I'm like not super, super smart. I mean, I'm a type where I have to work hard. And I somehow like got by um, school. But in Korea, like if you were to get a decent job, uh, you have to go into a college uh, within like Seoul. So I think I would have this very um, discouraged like perspective. I think I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I think I wouldn't change. I'm very, ever since I was little, even if, even like being born here, I yes, I didn't have confidence. I'll be honest. Like, but my confidence definitely grew. But at the same time, I was very firm in the fact that like no one can tell me who I am type personality. And I think it's about mindset. No matter where you are in America, of course, there's people that are depressed. There are people that are super depressed here too, because we are about image here. It's just that it's a lot more, how do you say it? It's a lot more defiant in Korea, right? Like we, we still think about image here. Like, I'm not going to say that we don't because we do. Like we see Instagram stories of these people who are beautiful and who have all these houses and all these cars. Like it's the same. Okay. Like it's the same. It's just dynamic. And the pulse of it is a lot more in Korea, I think like 10 times more. So I think it's a lot about your mindset and your perspective of life. Like, how are you going to view life? Yes. It's so hard. The reality of Korea is hard, but there's still amazing people out there in Korea who go through life and do it with confidence, with uniqueness, with courage, and with fearlessness, you know? So I think it's like, it doesn't really matter where you are. It's the fact that you know that no one can tell you who you are, even if you're not confident. And it's the fact that you know that you're important and that you know that you are a person and a human being that's there for a purpose in life. Like, I think that's the core belief and the core mindset that really does, like, helps me at least when I was a child. Um, and I think that's the same if I was in Korea. So, I, yeah, I think mindset is all. Like, people, people strive. People, yeah. people do what they want to do when they put their minds to it. And mm. all you can do is stay strong. And all you can do is just say to yourself, like, all these people can tell me what they want to tell me. But in the end, like... That doesn't matter because I'm myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you decide who you are as a person, and I think that's important. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good. Joanne just straight fire to tonight. Talking so much, anyways. Yeah. That's no, that's so good. Um, and so my final question. This is a question that I ask every guest on my podcast. So you guys are not the exception. And it's this question is, um, if you were to write a letter to our generation, a letter that begins with these two words, dear millennials, what would you write? I think for me, what would be the shortest thing I want to say to millennials, whether that, this is for everybody, like anybody, that, that doesn't matter in Korea or America. There's always going to be something that no matter what country you're in, you're going to look at other countries and say, I want that. And we, I think what we all need to know is like no country is perfect. No human is perfect. No government is perfect, you know? So I think I'd say, dear millennials, find yourself. I feel like for younger generations, we're in the phase of time where they're the most lost, the most depressed, the most weighed down generation because there's so many things that are on their shoulders that people say and expect them to do. When all you have to do is find yourself, like literally find yourself of who you are and then show that to the world because that's what's more important than what the world tells you. I think that's what's really important for millennials to hear because we have social media and technology and saying all these things that you should be and what you shouldn't be and like what people look up to to make sure that their life is perfect. But life isn't. Like I want to tell every millennial that like, you're not perfect either <laughs> like no one's perfect in this world but accept that accept that for what it is and find who you are 
and live that life of who you are till the fullest. And I think for me that like, I think that one phrase says it all, find Mm. yourself. Find yourself. Oh, that's so good and powerful. I agree. That's really, I think that sense of community, like with what you just said, I think it's important to like embrace family, embrace community, whatever you're doing, find yourself and also find your circle of family and community and, and whatever encompasses your dream. Yeah, I think it's important to be individualistic because it's such a, like life is different for everyone. Life can be hard. Um, but dear millennial, coronavirus sucks. As long as we have technology and family in the sense of community, like, you know, we'll get through. And even though, yes, like our government sucks, we, we're very flawed as a country and as people and community. But yeah, just like live life, find yourself and yeah, live life to the fullest. Okay. Um, dear millennials, even if you don't know what you want to do right now, this one path may lead to another path. So just follow through what's in front of you and you will find what you want to do. So be patient with uh, finding who you are. Ooh, it's so good. <laughs> oh. Oh. That so good. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And also, I want to make a quick announcement that beginning of this month, I actually posted a Korean version episode on my podcast. And actually, that episode did pretty well. So so after thinking about it, I decided to actually try to do more of these Korean episodes. So the very first Tuesday of every month, I'm going to do an episode in Korean. And so I know that not all of you guys are Korean. So all the rest of the episodes in the month will be in English. But I think for me, just I've been reflecting a lot on what it means to be a Korean-American myself. So I feel like it'll be a really good opportunity for me to bridge the two cultures together through my podcast by being able to do at least one Korean episode per month. And also, you know, it's a new challenge of mine where I've been wanting to improve my Korean. So it'll be a good challenge for me as well as I'm learning and researching how to say certain things in Korean and being able to bring it to you guys. So next Tuesday episode, June 2nd, will be a Korean episode and it's going to be a really fun one. So if you are Korean, um, be on the lookout for that. So thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys and hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye!